doing because the majority of your days are spent with working at the station doing your comedy and it's 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 mostly social it's not because like you know i i went to a christian school and i'm mad so i'm going to keep drinking or i don't you know i don't get along with my parents so i'm going to drink no it's because the fact of the matter is what you're doing you the environment that you're in is social yeah and so that's I mean, that's, that's part of what it is, you know, just like how I bartend, that's part of what it is, you know, so it, but what you're talking about with your friend, that is one of the biggest things that a lot of people go through, but they're in denial because again, like I was talking about, like how people are, you know, he conformed, right? That's the problem. The people who try to conform, you know, go to college, get married, have kids, sell insurance sell insurance buy a house buy a house i mean there's so many unhappy stories of like that conformity get a get a gmc suburban thing yeah exactly those people are (laughs) that suburban life a lot of those people are miserable that's why they pop pills and they drink and they hide it really well absolutely until, until the point where you can't hide it anymore right because they conformed and they're now miserable. And I'm not saying that's their fault or anything else. I think it's society that says, well, this is what you're supposed to do in order to be successful. And you, you're you a robot, so do it. And they do it, and look what happens. And then they're not happy, and then they have to break outside the See? box. Speaking of not happy, so Amy Winehouse's death was listed as a coroner by death of misadventure. Uh, and her blood alcohol content was 0.416. When I blew, after my car got flipped uh, three times and they dug me out and they gave me a breathalyzer, I was at .153, and that was four hours after my last drink. Yeah, like she, they said that uh, the unintended consequences of such a potentially fatal levels was her sudden death. Jesus, man. It's a heart attack from death of misadventures. Your body just goes... There's so much booze in here, we're just shutting down. Yeah, we can't breathe anymore. Fuck you, get out. (laughs) I I had a friend who died in San Diego because he was drinking with um, Vicodin. He had taken like 12 Vicodin and he was drinking whiskey. He had like 12 shots of whiskey and 12 Vicodin and he died. His body forgot how to breathe. It just was like, okay, bye. Oh my God. There's there's been a ton of stories like that. I know one guy who... uh, drinking and took pills and he was so sedated that he like rolled over like face down on the couch and like, he ended up smothering himself <gasps> so fucked up that he couldn't get out Whoa. of the Jesus. So yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot to fucking lose with this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially it's like one thing, like you said, if you're drinking to have fun, hang out with people or if you're drinking because you, know, you have a water bottle full of vodka at your insurance office. Yeah. Or because you have to dress up like Chuck E. Cheese and be around the kids. <laughs> well, that would kind of be a fun job. The drunk mouse is back. <laughs> Dead mouse. Um, the worst consequences that I, like, have from getting too drunk, and, and it only happens when I don't eat dinner, and then I get too drunk, and then I, I don't even throw up anymore. But the, the biggest one, and Poji said this never happens to him. I, we were in the car the other day, and you're like, I can't believe someone does that. I've peed in strange places before. Uh, I've peed in plants, in hotel rooms, thinking that it was the bathroom. I've been woken up by people in a hotel room saying, that's not the bathroom, Pam. Like, peeing in a plant, that's happened to me. Uh, I've, I've peed in the bed. You know, that happens sometimes. Uh, 
but what I usually do now, Blackout Pam is smarter than smarter than she thinks. Uh, so what happens now is if I come home, and I know I'm so drunk, and I'll even sometimes pee first, but if I sleep on the floor, on the carpet, with like my hair, head's kind of buried in my hands, I tell Jonathan, my boyfriend, don't, don't move me. Don't pick me up. Don't take my pants off. Those are a sponge to wick up the urine, <laughs> you see. Don't think, you're not helping by taking off my pants, okay? Because Blackout Pam is smarter than you. And she knows that she's probably going to pee. Don't put me in bed. Don't do that. No pee bed. No, don't do it. Don't want to have to, because I've woken up. I woke up once, and I think, I, I don't know if it was Jonathan or drummer comedian Aaron Barrett, and I looked at him, and I'm like, who just peed in the bed? <laughs> Did you just do that? They're like, okay, fair enough. That was totally you. And then I'm like, ah! And I'm trying to like deal with all the sheets and wash them in the, <laughs> wash them in the tub, get all the hot water going. And then I'm like, then I'm like, then I'm awake. I'm like, fuck. Right. Oh, but no. so, if I'm ever, if you ever come across me in my house, on the floor sleeping, don't touch her. Don't touch. It's go- just leave me. Go sleep in my bed because it's not going to be any pee in it. It's going to be way better. Like this is. It's, <laughs> this would be a good reason why to wear depends. And here's here's a ridiculous thing. I have a lot of baby diapers in my house, and um, so I use them more for like if I'm having my period and I don't want to. I don't like sticking things in me when I'm sleeping. I don't. It's just weird. Unless I can't deal with it. Unless it's your boyfriend. Not relatable. Not really. But if you, I'll, I'll put the baby. I'll put the. I'll put the diaper down and I'll kind of sleep on the diaper so that I bleed on the diaper and then in the morning just kind of wipe it up. Um, but I should I should do that if that ever happens again. And I wonder really the absorbency of a diaper. If is it enough to get all? I mean, because I peed in the cat box before and I really decimated an entire. Like, <laughs> it's more pee than you think it is. Like yeah. the cat pee is little pee. I wasted a lot of litter, clumping <laughs> litter by peeing in the cat box. Mistake. I think it, I, I've wore a depend before, so I think you're fine. <laughs> my, my I played a lot of role-playing computer games in the basement, which didn't have the bathroom at the time, so I peed in a lot of empty milk jugs and uh, various things. <laughs> Dude, I'm a big fan of the piss jug. As a tell, the story, tell the story about um, why you couldn't can't play fo- couldn't play football anymore in high school in the uh, art room. Yeah, so I was a, a drunk sophomore story. in high school, and uh, I, I was a troublemaker. And uh, I was in my art class, and the, like the way it was set up for finals was you would have like uh, I believe it was two classes a day, so they were half days, but each class was two hours long. So you'd go to one two-hour class, twenty-minute break, two-hour class. And I was playing football, and uh, I was in poor shape for a class. But she was like, "Look, Steve," <clears throat> she's like, "I know you like football. You might not be into painting and sculpting, and that's fine. So what I need you to do is you're gonna come in on the final." You're gonna help me clean this room. You're not gonna leave. You're not gonna be create a disturbance. I'll give you a C, and you can pass me to play football. I'm like, all right, great. So again, water bottle full of vodka. Oh wow. Uh, I brought that in, and after my first one, I'm like, I don't have anything to do for two hours. Fuck it. I was bored, right before I even got there. So I pounded this bottle of vodka in 20 minutes with this juice, like we had a juice machine. That was when like they first started doing like the we need healthy alternatives. Fruitopia. Yeah. So. Sugar. <laughs> so then uh, I get the juice and I, I fucking slam this water bottle down and I'm feeling fucking great. I get to <laughs> art class and I'm cleaning and singing and having a good old time, and uh, sure enough, I've got to pee. Uh-oh. 
So I'm like, I'm like her name was Miss Braun. I'm like, Miss Braun, I, I, I gotta go use the bathroom. I'll be right back. She was like, no, you are not leaving this classroom. You're not leaving my site. You're staying in here for the whole two hours. I was like, no, I really have to pee. And she's like, it's too bad. I'm not, here. I'm not getting out. So we had this little drawing room with a sliding door. And I have these empty water bottles. <laughs> so I get a, a, this knucklehead who I knew. And I have him watch the door. And I go in there start peeing into this bottle but again when you're drunk you pee way more than you really anticipate because alcohol is also a diuretic so i'm like filling up this water bottle next thing i know i hear the door to the drying room slide open and then i hear the teacher start screaming he's playing with himself he's playing with himself call security he's playing with himself and I come out of there, like, I don't even get to tuck my dick back into my pants. I just got to zip them up, pinch it off. And I'm like, what's going on, everybody? I ain't doing shit. Oh, and I hand the bottle of pee off to the guy who's supposed to watch the door who failed. And he throws it in. Back to the pee. This is where the pee comes He throws it into the backpack, but uh, I didn't tighten the cap on the bottle. Oh, God, no. So he got pee all over oh, his backpack and all over his stuff. Oh, Enjoy that, yeah. Richard Rains. And, uh... He got pissed so off. So then <laughs> she calls up the security. She's like, I need someone to come up here. Uh, I got a student in the class who's masturbating. And so oh. the security comes up on their little golf carts. And of course, I know all the security officers because I've been troubled nonstop. And so the guy's like, his name was Joe, and he was so cool. He was like, dude, you were jerking off in the class. I was like, no, man, it was really hot. I was just adjusting myself. My boxes were all wedged up. She wouldn't let me use the bathroom. And he's like, well, you smell like vodka. And I was like, I've got a pack of gum. He's like, all right. So I put every piece from that pack of gum. It was like one of those big extra trident things. <laughs> and I've got this fishing lure full of gum in my mouth. And I'm in there. I'm talking to the principal. And he's like, dude, like this is like 45 minutes till the end of the school year. What the fuck? And I'm like, man, it was hot. You know, my shit was all bunched up. and wouldn't let me go to the bathroom. And I said, fuck it. I'll go to the laundry room and just, you know, straighten my shit out. And uh, so then this cop had to come in and, like, oh investigate me for, like, some sort of, like, sexual crime in a public school campus kind of what? thing. And uh, he's, like, he's like you know, ask me all this stuff. Like, you know, do you do you have urges to masturbate frequently? <laughs> and all this stuff. And then finally I was just, like, I was, like, officer, look, man. I was, like, I just got really fucking drunk. And then I had to pee. And then she wouldn't let me out of the classroom. And so I tried to pee in this bottle. And she fucking busted me and caught me and said I was jerking off. And he was like, oh, all right, fine. And then he goes back and he's like, no, nah, the kid wasn't masturbating. He's like, we're more than 100% confident in that. He just had to adjust himself or whatever. But since I got kicked out of that classroom, she failed me for that class. Oh. And I became ineligible for the junior year football season. Two in like varsity. Yeah, so then I, uh, I practiced the whole year through the team. And then finally, like after the first quarter when grades get like semi-reported, I was eligible again. So I'm practicing all week leading up and it turned out to be like our homecoming game. And I'm finally back on the field. I'm finally starting. The game's Friday night. Wednesday, my grandmother dies. I have to fly out to Missouri. And then the godmother who I was living with at the time calls up and goes, I can't handle living with a teenager. He's not coming back. And I never got to play. Oh my God. Again, but I practiced every single day. And I still have my football helmet because all my gear was with my buddy. And they kind of hawked over my shoulder pads and everything else like that. But he saved the helmet for me. So I still Aww. have it. That's so bittersweet. And I never played again. And I didn't want to play with other people. And why 
is Steve Poggi going through sobriety? Uh, <laughs> it seems that this has been, I mean, I know you're 30 now, so that was half your life ago. 31, February 25th, 32. We're getting old. You're, oh, oh, sure you are. Yeah. Aging yeah. graceful. Yep, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a thing. I didn't start drinking till I was like, I mean, I drank because my parents always drank, but it would be like a sip of dad's beer or they'd be like, would you like to have a glass of wine at Christmas? And I was so Christian that I didn't, I didn't do it. There was, there was a Christmas party I went to at the Orvix house and I drank eggnog, which I love eggnog. If you've been listening to other shows, you'll know that I love the fuck out of eggnog. (laughs) And so I would hang out at this one house and they would like be cool with drinking. And I never really got like super wasted, but I was like, I had a couple cups of eggnog, you know, but I didn't really drink in high school. And then I got to college and I was like, I found my thing. College turns you up. I think I found it. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do lots and lots of acid and smoke tons of weed. And I love drinking and smoking. And I'm good at it. <laughs> uh, I'm fun. I'm way more fun. Like, I went from being like super stick in the mud prissy pants to being like, I am fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, you-, you know, there was that one almost rape. But other than that, <laughs> it was really. Almost. Uh, in the well, I didn't get raped. Because the I was the thing is that I've I'm I've always been like I hung out I hang out with dudes. Like right. I'm the girl that hangs out with dudes. It's just been the way it is. And comedy makes a lot of sense for me because it's all dudes and I just hang out with them. And I've always been that way. I've always just wanted to hang out with the guys. Like that's kinda what I do or what I enjoy doing and I seem to be able to relate to them and deal with it. Frack guys and I think I don't usually have girlfriends, you know, I've like a couple close girlfriends, but mostly I hang out with dudes. Uh, so ooh, I'm high now, by the way. So <laughs> That, that shit is hitting me. The CBD and the THC are being is synergistic. roaring up out of you? They're synergistic. But, oh, so this is this is the rape story. So I was really good friends with all, like, the guys. We'd hang out. And we all went down to Rosarito to stay for spring break. And it was the girls. And we were staying in this one place. And then there were the guys. And they were staying, like, next door. And we were all having a lot of fun. And I was like, I was hanging out with just a lot of dudes. And some of them were really cool and well, and one of them wasn't, and so I was wasted, like tequila wasted, like in oh, Rosarito, Mexico, wasted. And this one sleazy frat guy brought me upstairs, and he was trying to get my clothes off, and I was out. And like um, this guy, his last name was McCune, and they owned, they actually owned a bunch of um, cars. They sell cars in San Diego, oh, so like the McCune family. He came upstairs, and he saved me. He was like what the fuck are you going to do to Pam? And I think he hit the guy. And it was like a big thing. Like he carried me downstairs and took me to a different like house entirely and was like, you're safe here. You're staying here. Wow. And, um, and he saved me from a ra- which could have been a potential gang rape because I mean, it was a bunch of guys in a frat house all in Rosarito right. and there's right. drunk bitch upstairs. I mean, it could have wow. been, it could have been really bad, but one of the guys wasn't a dick and isn't that so That's, nice wow just takes one it just takes because that could have altered your whole experience you know oh saying? yeah yeah, yeah you know, definitely it would have been that would have been a pretty awful thing to go through in college yeah, well especially if they were drunk and they're like all right guys she knows we got to kill her all right that's, <laughs> our lives are at stake here oh my god i don't think i think that they i don't know that's what you do with drunk girls isn't it in fraternities you find them and then they're wasted and then you all have sex with them that's what happens right in fraternities yeah i mean i just 
I, I never went. I skipped that institution. I uh, I stopped going to frat parties my senior year in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew better. I'm like, because after just seeing what was going on and I'm just like I'm like this is this is some bullshit this is some rapey stuff I've seen on Lifetime rapey before. stuff it's a lot of hormones yeah getting mixed and in it's with just booze like and the and thing is and then we're high school girls on top of that so that's even like oh, uh, yeah like you're definitely prey that's and strawberries in the fruit salad yeah. right <laughs> and, you know I I've never I I've always been afraid of frat parties after have seen what was going on and look I went to art school so we didn't have fraternities right well, we went, I went to UCSD so they were all smart guys so that's the thing is I was like oh smart guys they must all not be rapists I, I don't trust but them. I think it, it goes across uh, all and 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 it, you, just because you're going to college doesn't mean you're intelligent although UC San Diego was kind of like a smarty pants. you know I've, I've seen a lot of uh, like like house parties where a chick will hook up with a dude and then like the uh, the the beta males, the, the like lesser dudes, think that like, oh well, since she fucked him, she'll definitely fuck me oh, then, cause that. I'm better than him. And like, I've seen a lot of that kind of shit, like people getting beat up for that kind of stuff and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I had the. the so when I was in high school, I was convinced that alcohol was kind of bullshit and the people that blacked out were all full of shit <laughs> because uh, they were just being who they wanted to be or saying what they wanted to say. Because when you're in high school, you just get drunk and, you know, I don't even like Becky. She's a bitch. Like, shit like that. <laughs> but uh, when I turned 21, that was my first blackout time. And I hooked up with this chick, like, woke up at her place and like had no idea where the fuck I was. No, it was my 21st birthday. Fucking was insanely hungover. And worst of all, like we had fucked around hardcore to the point where that flap of skin that holds onto your tongue, Ouch. it was cut in from me trying to extend my tongue further than it was capable of going. <laughs> that was a rough one. <laughs> well, at least you. <laughs> Sobriety. Yeah. yeah, I had her drop me off <laughs> at the gas station. <laughs> had me drop her off at a gas station. I went into the gas station. I bought a tall can, cracked it open right outside. Didn't know you that was illegal to do, and just <laughs> drank it. So my buddy Ronnie came and picked me up. There's, Happy 21, dude. Nice. This, this is why they should lower the drinking age. I think to 18. Well, yeah. I really. Do. I'm sorry if you're able to go to war and kill people. You I should be able to drink. Absolutely. Because that, that's going to fuck you up, so yeah. why not fuck yourself up? Exactly. Well, and the thing is that hopefully with uh, the future that's happening, people will be more apt to use marijuana as, as an introductory sort of drug as opposed to, like, it's a gateway drug. Well, alcohol's a gateway drug. Alcohol, Any, anything yes. is Prozac is a gateway drug. Fucking, yeah. all of it's a gateway drug. And Oxidine. vitamins, vitamins are a gateway drug. Are you fucking kidding me? Getting people used to the concept of taking something besides, like, a food substance. Like, we've made this pill for you. Yeah. Here, kids, take your vitamins. Here, well, kids, take exactly. your vitamins. That's just totally a way of, like, an, an inoculating them against the fear of taking drugs. Conform. I won't even take aspirin anymore. Conform. I used to take... I, just, I will take ibuprofen if I'm in a lot of pain. But other than that, like, man, I'm going to smoke weed. I try to avoid taking ibuprofen or anything, you know, unless, you know, if, like, I'm, if I'm really cramping and I'm in a fetal position and I, I'm like, I can't take this, I'll take some ibuprofen. But, I mean, to me, a lot of pills, like I say, they're... <laughs> they're a way to control. They're mind yeah. control to me. Sure, sure. And I honestly... 
though I'm a bartender, I do feel that out of everything, drug-wise, I think alcohol is like one of the worst. Yeah. It is one of the worst, it, but it's so you okay. You don't black so out okay. on marijuana. Yeah. I've never smoked so much weed that I'm like, I don't remember anything that happened. That, right. That well, unless it's really happen. boring. <laughs> You're like, what happened? I don't remember. It. Oh, yeah, I just talked to Mike about, you know, Walgreens. <laughs> I mean, exactly. you still people, you still have people it's in society. It's not a blackout. Yeah, there's a black year out. Well, you still have people in society that talk about marijuana like it's so evil, but they will drink like a 12 pack. Yeah, and I'm just like, you hypocrisy. you make no sense. You make no sense. How dare you talk about marijuana that way? Yeah. Here, and I'm gonna give and I'm gonna give them some Alta California botanicals. It's uh, we're at the we're at the top of the hour, so we're gonna do. Tell you guys that you're listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. Thanks for listening, downloading this podcast, or if you're listening live, you guys aren't. I told you to call in. If you have your own sobriety failed or uh, successful attempts, call in anonymously and just get something off your chest. Were you like an asshole sometime? Fucking, you're talking to the gang assholes. We get you. We get you right. Four one five 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 zero zero five one one. Call us from work, Ruby Gill. Yeah, call us. Talking to you. Let us know how yeah. you. Yeah. Well, you know, I, the other thing I think about too is like, before. like with with like the drugs that really fuck you up, like alcohol or cocaine. Once you start doing the drug, you want to do more, more of the drug. Like, yeah. there's been plenty of times where I've smoked pot and then I've just been like, I'm good, man. I'm just gonna fucking sit here <laughs> yeah. for a while. Like, I don't I don't want any more. But like when you're on acid, usually you're not like, I want more. <laughs> you know? Exactly right. When you're on acid, you're like, oh my god, I want to just survive this. And get this wolf to stop singing Christmas carols. Ah, oh, fuck. Why did I do this to myself? <laughs> but if you're on cocaine, you don't oh, you, want to stop You doing. do not want to stop that party. Oh, I hate cocaine so much. It turns me into the. I did cocaine for a little bit, and I stopped. Not because it was cost prohibitive, and not because it wasn't ubiquitous, and not because it was damaging my life in any way other than I became an intolerable asshole when I was on it. Like, I already sort of have a healthy ego and self-esteem and have an ability to talk about myself that surpasses normal human beings. But on cocaine, I think that I'm a fucking genius. That every word, syllable, sound that drips from my honeyed lips is true from the gods to you. Lucky you. And then they're all wrong. Oh, and I know everything about everything. It is the egotistical drug. I actually like it. Oh, it makes me such... (laughs) I I feel like such an asshole the next morning that I don't ever want to do that again because it is... I must be intolerable for other people. I I usually like when I'm on it, I just usually speed talk or dance. Uh, But I always get ideas. Like, I'm like, hey, you should start selling your paintings in Paris. Like, where the fuck did that come from? Like, it's just like, and now you have this idea of like selling something and and doing it. And like, we can do it. And yeah, yeah, let's do it. Another snort. And then, yeah. And so like, and it's just Uh. like. And it's just like, I love this song. Let's dance. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm going to ask you if you're my mom. You're going to say yes, uh, you're my mom. Sean Rouse, who will be coming to San Francisco to perform comedy when Dave Attell is here, whenever Dave is going to be here, he uh, he has some great jokes where he's uh, he's talking about crank. He's like, you ever tried crank before? Yeah. That shit makes you a crackhead immediately. <laughs> he's like, you do one line of crank, you come up with all these weird business ideas. Like, let's get a puppy. <laughs> sell it for a profit like nobody wants to buy he's like well we'll get a puppy then we'll shave him then we'll sell him for a profit and uh his other one was like 
he's like, I don't know what to tell these kids. And I'm not, I'm not doing Sean Rouse's jokes justice here, so Google search him. But he's like, I, I have to tell these kids, you know, like if you're going to be drinking and driving, you got to get cocaine. Stay <laughs> he's like, is nobody telling the children how to do this correctly? Keep them alert. Yeah, I, I um butts i did a lot of cocaine in, when i was lived in san diego and i was going back and forth from la a lot and if you're in la traffic and it's nighttime and you're not on cocaine you're the only one okay <laughs> everyone else is on it i was too yeah. one more sean roush joke he's talking about a buddy of his smoking a joint that was dipped in formaldehyde oh god oh. the pcp and the then fake uh, CCP. he said he, he goes i talked to the guy the next day and he goes the guy was started freaking out. He said all these demons came to show up and uh, drag him off to hell. And after that, oh. he was so scared that uh, you know he didn't do drugs anymore and he just went to church. And he was like, "What a horrible drug!" I was like, "Could you imagine that? You wake up and you're like, you know, it's a bad drug when you do it, and then you wake up and you're like, I have a belief system now." <laughs> That's so funny. That's how Salvia made me feel. Oh, I hate that Dude, shit. I, yeah, I felt like my bottom jaw shot through my skull. And I, the first time I smoked that shit, I was driving. <laughs> oh, I was are you driving. Crazy? No you way. Were, you talked to the aliens while you were driving? I was driving. That's insane. And I had That's a, really uh, dangerous. I had this piece Ew. of metal that came off this thing that, like, you go fishing, you stick it into the ground, and then you hook the fish's lip and keep them in the water so they stay fresh or whatever until you're done. And I took the little ring out, and then I took a socket, and I duct taped that around, and I like went to like a public bathroom and took a screen out of the sink and put that in there. And I packed it, so it was like a fat one-hitter. Packed it full of salvia. I'm driving my 1987 Chevy Caprice Classic. I got the fiance, <laughs> my buddies are in there. And I take it, and I hit it, and I hold it in, and I blow it out. And like I was like, I can't, I gotta pull. Oh, no. And then I was like, we gotta pull, pull. And I like pulled into Target. I parked in like three spots. And then I got super pissed off at everyone. I'm like, we gotta go to Target, pretending we didn't do drugs. <laughs> I was like trying to walk in and I couldn't. I was like falling down. Dude, it was so bad. That, the first time I did it, I we were watching Empire Strikes Back, and they they were jumping out of the screen. And so like I'm going around in circles in my living room, like Steve, what the fuck is this shit? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do this to me? Oh my god, like the creatures they're coming out of the tv it was really weird and then i lived on the third floor so i kept looking at the tv and then looking at the window and looking at the tv i'm like i should jump out of this window anytime that i'm so high and i'm talking about jumping out of the window yeah i'm not doing that shit anymore i wanted to literally jump out the do, window do, but you remember do you both remember the entire time like you were you you never got taken to the other place i remember like the Dude. emotions and feel luckily i never did enough of that shit to like it was the thing is I wasn't there. I wasn't lucid. I got for whatever. I guess it was only like eight minutes or whatever. I wasn't there. It was like I and I knew where I was because I remember it all vividly. But it was in with the space and the and the tsunami string and the and the Technicolor tsunami string on the ch kids' playground and them telling me come on, and people being sucked into the sky and like I'm like I'm not going. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess that. In real life, I sat on the top of the sofa, and they were worried I was going to fall off, and there was something. I, but I don't. I woke up sitting on the sofa, and I was like, "Oh," and, and they were like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "I'm I'm here now." You and, thought you went. Ooh, you went well, to the other. Well, I came back. They wanted to take me with them, and I said no. But the thing is that I was like, 
in such I in such an outer body experience that I wasn't in the I wasn't there. Wow. I, I was telling you, it was like it was this big playground, and I climbed to the top of this one of those old school ones with the triangles, you know, like the when you were little and the triangles of. Yeah. Of, and there was like a swing set over here, and the, I remember the ground like, and I was sitting on top of it with somebody, and I don't remember who it was. But they got sucked into the spaceship. Oh, it like this huge tsunami of like it was like there's this spaceship up there, and they were pulling everything on strings, and they were trying to get, and I was pushing against the wave of tsunami strings, and 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 they kept saying, "Hey, Pam, it's all a con- nothing you believe is real. It's all a construct. Come with us. Everything's cool. Just just it. Everything you believe is nothing. Come with us. We're going. We're going in the spaceship right now. You're coming with us, right? And I was like, I am not going in your spaceship. It was wise for you not to go on that spaceship because you probably wouldn't want elsewhere. I, maybe that's the light. That is <laughs> no, no shit. Come I'm with like us. salvia, but everybody who's taken it, everyone else who's taken it has had, they knew where they were. Like they knew that they were themselves where they were. I knew that I was myself where I was, but I wasn't in that room. And I've never hallucinated like that before. The biggest Whoa. hallucination I ever had was off the fucking nightmare juice. Because oh. <laughs> it's like, you know, whenever you get drunk and you get like the spins? Yeah. I like at one point, like it was like being on like a merry-go-round that was going viciously and my out of body, like I felt like my soul was getting kicked out of my body and I was like getting pulled back and I could look down and see myself just sleeping there. And I had to like use all my strength to like force my soul back into my body and then I, (laughs) so I don't know if it was like some intense weird dream that I was having while I was all (laughs) fucked up. Dude, I tell you what, that stuff reacted very poorly with me. I'll never do salvia again. I'll never no, do. That's I'll not. never do. I'll never do DMT. I'll never DMT, do DMT. I will like, in like a shamanistic type ritual, and like. I will never do bath salts. Thing. I'll never do bath salts. I'll never do oh, bath man. salts ever again. Oh, again? You again? Did, you've done you it. You did them once. You've yes. done it. Oh, you have to tell what? us about bath salts. Oh my god, it was terrible. Story? You have to. T- I, that's it. It was fucking t- my. Okay, Steve again. The guy that gave me a salvia. Not me, by the way. No, not though. No. My <laughs> friend, different person. Different from Steve. Missouri. He's my boy, but he is a fucked up Korean. He, he, he gave us basalts. He was. We were going to this Johnny Walker tasting, so it's like six of us. So we're like, Steve's like, hey guys, since we can't get any cocaine, I got some basalts, and we're like, basalts. What? what this is before the whole eat your face. thing. I was gonna thing. say, geez. before the eat your face thing in Florida, and so basically. You know, six of us, so we all do the bath salts, we all snort, and it's like a hard, harsh, like, it's so harsh going up your nose. It's, it's painful. It's almost like, I don't know, I, I've never did meth, but I guess that's what meth would like feel like. Like a burning kind It's of? a burning sensation in your nose. Oof. And so... We're we're on our way there, and we're just all all six of us are just feeling funny, with the exception of that motherfucker Steve. He's he didn't just take it? No, he did. Okay. He's just a fucking weirdo. Uh, <laughs> but so we're at the tasting, and one of the dudes, you know, he's talking about Johnny Walker, and it's like in a big like place, and all of us are looking at each other, and we're just all like this and moving around. Like you can tell we were crack. Well, you guys can't see it obviously, but right. we look crackish. They were in a they were on a dance. We team. were crackish were and twitch pop. And dance we were starting team. to sweat. Oh, and yes. you know we sweat were like Tyrone Biggums. Seriously, <laughs> like how did it feel? What was the like? The fi- it was so speedy, and you were agitated, speedy, and it was like you. We were pissed off. 
Really? We were was there any off. hallucinations? There was no, no. It's just it's all speed. It's just so much speed, and and you you feel this ego, but you feel like a monster. Like I want to re rip his face off. And, but like we're all mad at Steve because like it's like having bad drugs basically. It was yeah. Just, it's terrible. Yeah. It was fucking terrible. And then we decided to do more. Oh. <laughs> why? Why? And after that, it just goes downhill. There was some arguing and uh, some like tears. It was like a wave of emotion, but weird, and agitated emotion. Johnny Walker. I mean, drinking. And then whiskey. we were drinking scotch. I mean, yeah. everyone cries when they drink How scotch. Classy. I mean, that's just pretty. You know, you got people like nice looking formal and like we look crackish. Right. You just twitching like, and sweating. Twitching and sweating. <laughs> yes. Yes. I felt like a total. And then and it, I could not sleep. I was like, Ugh. just, it was terrible. And I was like, still agitated. And I started cleaning stuff. And I'm like, this is almost as bad as meth. Because that is what it is. It's synthetic meth, y'all. It's synthetic it's meth. Synthetic oh. meth. But I, Stop I, it. That and might be the older, the what new ones, is? like meth and LSD combined. Like, that's where the face eaters come from. Yeah. I, this what, is, it, these are the things that they manufacture in China. And they're just like, one and it's legal. thing off. And one so little it's molecule. Legal. It's fucking one legal. That shit molecule was off. Weird. That sucks. It is. That that it is like the worst calm, come down ever. But, and I, it's, what, but then people want to do it. The kids will do whatever. The kids are so bored. That's why meth is a problem in the mid in the Midwest, right? Because and like, here. and, and here, here well, because kids get bored. Yeah. I mean, there's and they. There's a big meth problem like on the West Coast. But I Missouri, think there's a big meth problem everywhere, everywhere. man. Everywhere heroin. I go, they're like, we're the king of meth. He know, heroin is, is the East Coast, though. Yeah. Well, heroin. actually, heroin now is coming in more because. Uh, you see it more because with the pharmaceutical stuff that they get some hooked. Right, the oxycontins. Yeah. Oxycontins. Yeah. Should, yeah. Another thing I will not touch. I, I got a little hooked on those. Not bad, but like I actually had like an injury. And then I found that if I took more than the prescribed dosage, I felt great. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I got into those for a minute. And then I, I didn't realize it was a, like a problem until... A buddy of mine like broke his hand in the party, and I was all excited, like, "Dude, you're gonna get some pain pills, man!" And she kicked me one or two, and he's like crying, his bones sticking out of his hand. I'm like, "Dude, it's gonna be good, man! It's gonna be good. This is awesome! I can't believe it. you're so lucky, dude!" Oh, you're yeah. the sobriety. Those were talking, dude. That shit fucking tears you up. Sobriety is the condition of not having any measurable levels or effects from mood-altering drugs. Yeah, see, so technically, it's like I'm not riding sober because I still have CBD and. You know, Sobriety is continued abstinence from psychoactive drug use. Sobriety is also considered to be the natural state of a human being That's a given good way a birth. That's a natural state. I haven't been in a natural state since I was probably 14 or 15 years old, and that's what I'm going for now. Like, Once I get this two months of the no pot smoking, no drinking, then the next round is cigarettes and caffeine. We're getting rid of all this nice. bullshit. Yeah. Cleaning your body. Sobriety has specific meanings with within specific contexts, such as culture of many substance use recovery programs, law enforcement, some schools of psychology. In some cases, sobriety implies achieving life balance. Life balance. All right. There we go. That's fine. See, life balance. I, I feel out of balance. I'm coming back more into balance, but I don't. You know, it's not a struggle though. Like I enjoy it. Like. That's good then. Because I, I, cause when I look at that, well, that's the thing is I think it's, I believe strongly in the momentum. Like that's when you like, you've been drinking for a while and you got all the momentum going with the drinking and you're like, ah, oh, maybe I should, but this is like my routine now. Right. And, and, uh, and the thing is like, since you've done it all, it's, it's just like, okay, 
So, uh, let me try this, uh, you know, cleaning myself, you know, you know, yeah. changing the lifestyle, changing another chapter, not saying that I'm not, you know, once in a while going to partake or anything, but at the same time, it's, you're going back to your balance, basically. It's almost like the same way I looked at acid when I was younger and first learning about hallucinogens. I now think about in terms of like not being in a natural state, like what is that like? <laughs> I, w I wonder what that would feel like. No nicotine, no caffeine, no THC, no alcohol, just me. Ugh, it sounds awful on paper. Aww. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people can't do it. That's true. Or you can do it up into a certain point where something catastrophic or pressure gets coming and then you need something to help cope. I think that's the big... I mean, it's easy to be sober on a, you know, sunny Friday afternoon, you know, having fun. I, no, I disagree. <laughs> I If it's a sunny Friday afternoon and I'm like, what am I going to do with my day off? I'm like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? Like, because, like, Bender's opens at 2. Like, yeah. I'm going to go day drinking. Look what I'm going to do with my beautiful day. That's, someti that's sometimes on me on Sunday. I can't not... I mean, my it's like, I wouldn't... I don't know what to do if I'm not... If I have a day off, I mean, I feel like sometimes even I take a lot of work with the babysitting on because I know I have to be sober for it. And so I think I know I won't. I think there's plenty to do. I think since, you know, we're lucky to live in this area just to get out of the city and go someplace is, uh, you know, that's what I've been trying to do instead of like, you know, Sunday fun day day drinking, using Sundays for like, you know, maybe like just going exploring because there's so much to it's explore. It's super Shabbos. I don't touch money. I don't do work. I don't answer the fucking phone, dude. Super Shabbos. Exactly. Well, dude, you're not even fucking Jewish, man. Now, now that my uh, that Jonathan's stupid football is over, I can't have Sundays back with him. They won't let me put listen to any of the. I'm trying to get the rehab stuff up. And yeah, just rehab like, bartender song. They, yeah, uh, we can play that. I have it all up. So you guys are, I am, I am definitely uh, on Alta California Botanicals right now. You guys are listening to the AltaCast. Mood You're on altering YouTube. botanicals. Yeah, mood altering botanicals. <laughs> look in the, right now, while you're listening to this, look in the mirror and say botanicals five times and just look at your fucking face while you say it. You can't stop laughing. It's insane. This is the physical challenge portion of the altercast. <laughs> this is uh, rehab bartender songs sitting at a bar here on Mutiny Radio. Bartender, I really did it this time. Broke my parole to have a good time. When I got home. 6 a.m. The door was locked, so I kicked it in. She was tripping on the bed. Oh. <sighs> our computer boxes are so unhappy with us and the rest of our lives. Uh, it's just what happens here at Mutiny Radio. Sometimes the internet goes wonky funky. It happens. It's okay. Well, it could also be the ghost in the machine saying, fuck you for playing a country song. Thanks, Steve Poggi. <laughs> that was his request. I'm like, all right, it has the word rehab in it. That's fine. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck. I don't know. I don't like country music. 
<laughs> Some people love it. You know, let them. I don't. I don't. Know I just what to went say. back to Missouri there for a minute. Did you? <laughs> Had a flashback. Flashing back all the way. Flashback of Southwest Missouri, the Ozarks. Oh my goodness. Yes. I don't. I couldn't even point to that on a map. Oh, we're the Ozark Mountains. Yeah, that's some real hillbilly country. Uh, I don't. Uh, I'm. I'm trying to find some sort of. Oh, it's because the YouTube went down. It's oh, okay. Oh, YouTube went down. It's, that was not us. That was them. No, I, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's our fault. <laughs> I'm sure it's my fault. Uh, you guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm every Wednesday from noon to two, followed by. Why Steinberg's Think, Grow, Love Radio. She's coming back. I'm excited for her meditation times. Uh, we, yeah, Yehudit and her, and her meditation. Good stuff. So this is the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. FM. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm joined by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth Win. Hola. And Steve Poggi, comedian. I want Steve a cool Poggi. nickname like Sheriff of Truth. <laughs> Man, I'm just fucking. You got Poggi. Hey, go. here's fucking old dumb face. That's what we got. So, we're gonna. Well, sobriety. I usually, I usually equate sobriety with meaning stick in the mud, but it doesn't have to be that way. No. Well, speaking of stick in the mud, can we can we talk about the game so I can maybe get some yeah, ideas from the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Can, give us a call four one five 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 zero zero five one one. So here's how the game works: um, being sober and excited. Um, uh, the person that uh, I have an interest in now is uh, not it's the same thing. Like they're not sober. Like they're far more tame in anything that I've ever done. Like they've you know, been told what to do their whole life through academics and everything else, and I've never listened to anybody. Uh, so we're going out on this date, and we're going to go to uh, Point Reyes and do, like, trail walking. So we're both performers, so I decided to make up this little game to uh, help the date kind of move along, break the ice, and act kind of goofy and silly and stupid. So the idea being is you have, like, a plastic bag, and then you have these things printed out, and they're all rolled up, so it's just like a plastic bag with a little... Uh, paper balls in there and then you know you take turns drawing one of the things and then you have something to do so the ones that I have so far do you need some ribbon you can take some ribbon from us so you can tie ribbon. them in the little box there's ribbon I'll give you ribbon so you can tie them and it'll be make them look like oh, antique like scrolls, scrolls? <laughs> no because then you're going to get in there to shuffle them all up and they're going to come apart no they won't not if you tie them with a little bow well here's the thing after you do the thing you have to eat the paper I didn't just talk about that <laughs> no uh, yeah. <laughs> so these are the activity. It's a combination of activities and questions, uh, and it's kind of like at midnight to where like you're gonna get points, but the points don't really matter. So the first one is uh, slow dance to a David Bowie song. That was top priority. I wanted to put that out there. Uh, tell an embarrassing story. List your pet peeves. Uh, who has been the biggest influence in your life? What should I know about you that I'd never think to ask? When was the last time you pissed your pants? That was a Benjamin submission. Uh, how like a how like a wolf for ten seconds? Tell a story from your childhood in the Christian Bale Batman voice. Have a photo taken of you with T-Rex arms and post it to Facebook. Say a comics comic saw a comet on circa closed circuit closed captioning five times fast. Uh, do your best river dance for 30 seconds. Tell a story when you were scared as a pirate. 
Uh, draw a dirty picture on the trail. Rap about pizza for 30 seconds. Oh my god. Staring contest, reciting movie lines, first one to laugh uh, loses. Best Chewbacca impression, tell a stranger your spirit animal. <laughs> and uh, if you got $10 million, what's the first thing that you would do? So, and then also there's like reversals or, you know, take two things. So if you have any more ideas of what you can, uh, what would be fun to do, uh, you know, let me fucking know. However you do that. Nice. Give us a call, 415-550-0511. I'm going to get there. I'm going to be like, hey, I got this fun little game. She's like, that is the stupidest shit I've ever fucking heard of. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> that, no, I think that's awesome. You date creatively. No one does that anymore. I'm trying to, man, because you can't just, because uh, that's no one the thing. Does that anymore. When you don't have the, oh, let's, you know, let's just get a six pack and sit <laughs> by the water. Like that kind of, <laughs> you gotta, you have to have igniters to get conversations and stuff going. And plus, I feel like if you're comfortable acting like, you know, a T-Rex in front of somebody, then you're going to be comfortable around that person, right? Yeah. There's a yep. method to this myth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you if Can you, you want to the silly, if you want to get the things for the game, I, I think the best thing to do is I'm gonna like type them out in email. So if you want the email, I can email it to you. And then if you add more to it or if you create your own, you can submit them so we can get like a master kind of list thing going. Because after you've done them before, you don't want to be on another date, assuming you want to play again. And then, you know, oh, I get to do the T-Rex thing again. Like, Fuck, right? This is fun. Now you got to keep the ideas fresh. But they're kind of hard to think of. Well, pe making people interact, that's nice. It's like yeah. speed dating, but long form. <laughs> it's like speed dating without the bath salts. <laughs> without the bath And agitation. <laughs> that would be... Someone needs to write that scene into a movie. Someone takes bath salts in a comedy. Someone takes bath salts before they go to a speed dating thing. Oh, I'm oh my God. It's like an Amy Poehler feature or something, right? Yeah. That, that would be hilarious, know. actually. All right. We are about 30 minutes away from... Think Grow Love with Y Steinberg coming up here on Mutiny Radio. I am so high. <laughs> <laughs> it's 127, uh, which means that you, it's time for you to go out to your local dispensary and ask for it by name, Alta California Botanicals. Boo! <laughs> Best tink in the biz. All right, we were talking about sobriety, which I certainly am not right now. Right. Uh, I'm, I, I mean, I have plenty of fucking, I was a drunk idiot guy. One time I was at a fancy upscale friend of a friend's place, wasted as fuck again. And uh, it was like a nice, like, condo that they had. And uh, I was there, you know, like, they're like, oh, dude, this is Steve. He's our buddy. He's fun to hang around. He's like, it's all good. And I got there, and I went into their bathroom and, like, vomited, sprayed all over <laughs> oh the toilet, God. like, down the side of it, oh. on the carpet and everything. And then walked out and was like, all right, guys, we got to go. It's been nice meeting you. And then I just walked outside and, like, laid in a bush for an hour <laughs> <laughs> until, until the guy, the, the girlfriend of the host came down and was like, what the fuck did you do to the bathroom? I'm like, we left. You can't do nothing about it. <laughs> we... You and yourself. Just me. Just me. My ride wasn't leaving. They were like, ooh, we're going to have fun, even though he destroyed the bathroom. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. You didn't even try to clean it up. You I didn't, I didn't have wherewith. I didn't know anything. I was so embarrassed that this happened because I was like, oh, I got to puke. But I wasn't expecting it to, like, spray out like a radius. Did you not open the seat? 
No, I, I don't even think I crouched down. I just went, <laughs> and fucking doused everything with Cheetos or whatever I ate. All your DNA sprayed. Oh, man. Uh, oh. And your Doritos. Oh. There was that. There was one time we played uh, beer pong, but we had Captain Morgan in oh, the Cubs. Yeah. And I was drinking Ew. Camo XXX tall what cans. I, for a while, I had a thing for horrible <laughs> liquor. So, like, Colt 45, King Cobra 40 ounces. Some bullshit. Yeah, I, I thought bullshit. I was tough by drinking this shit. No, oh. it was just very unpleasant to be around. <laughs> oh, no way. I don't like malt liquor. It does not go with my self. I don't. Mm, I can't hell do no. I don't like no 40s. That shit tastes like piss. Yeah. And when it's warm, yeah. oh, even warm piss. Even like when it's Miller, it's still it's like ooh. Uh, one time I had a, a buddy that went to Europe and he went to Holland and he bought a bottle of absinthe and mailed nice. it back to me and it was like a traditional like wormwood recipe kind nice. of thing. And uh, so me and uh, my cousin's husband, who uh -oh. I think they were just dating then, and uh, one of his buddies, we meet up in Conquer somewhere. And uh, like you're supposed to prepare absinthe by it's supposed to be like incredibly chilled, like Jägermeister, right? And you're supposed to pour it over a sugar cube to kind of cut out cut some of the bitterness right. and like with water and stuff. And like there's like have special absinthe tools yeah, that you use. Tool. You light like, the sugar yeah. on fire and then this shit exactly. sat in my car in the sun for two days. Then we poured it into fucking <laughs> oversized wine glasses and shot it. What? And uh, it was funny. The f I I fucking choked it down and I thought to myself. There is no, like there. I don't hate myself enough to drink this like regularly, and then the cousin's husband put it in, and it just came right back out, and then he thanked me for it, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty nice. Like I gave you something that made you fill up. Like your body reacted as if it was Drano. <laughs> oh my! Thanked me for it. Oh hell no. Well, I had it at a bar here in the Mission years ago when it became legal or whatever here and some absinthe company was having a party and they were like $12 a piece and they were doing it with all their sugar and all yeah. their shit and blah, blah. And I'm like, 12 bucks, Jesus. It's not worth that much to me. I think Marilyn Manson got into the absinthe market for like a little while. He had his own absinthe. We used to have absinthe at the bar that I worked at in Chicago and we used to do it the classic way like that. It was really fun. It was, it was... C.S. Lewis was really big on that shit when he was doing the line of the witch in the wardrobe, I think. Wow. I think that's cool. how I had first encountered it was looking at his Wikipedia page. That's cool. Yeah. Because C.S. Lewis was super Christian. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to get so into that go. today. Line <laughs> it down here on the botanical bash. <laughs> Jesus wasn't sober. He loved wine. Yeah, exactly. He was a good dude. Yeah, he liked wine, man. We should say something about David Bowie and stuff. Yeah. You were sad about Oh, him. yeah, dude. I, I cried like a little baby you for cried? about a day. Oh, oh, yeah, dude. I, uh, he's like, like my, he's one of my favorite heroes. Really? Until he was, yeah. My aunt took me to go see him with Nine Inch Nails when I was 14 at Riverport Amphitheater in St. Oh, Louis. Oh, shit. <laughs> now it's like fucking Old Navy Fun Zone or something. <laughs> Some corporation bought it. Of course. Of course they did. This is in St. Louis, by the way. And it, like, changed my life. It really did. It was really, it's really was weird. Was Bowie like, headlining? Uh, he yeah, it was, the been, outside, right? it was the outside tour. Outside lands? No, outside tour. Oh, outside tour. His album, the tour. Oh, yes, oh okay. Yes, yes. I see where you're and it was just, the it, opening band was just it was, awesome, too. It was just, yeah, it was, 
really a, like one of those experiences like when you see one of your favorite artists and you're just like frozen it was like that you know and i have everything by him everything and I, I keep spinning around in this chair, sorry. <laughs> um, but like, you know. I'm sorry for your loss then. Yeah, everyone, everyone's been like saying that to me, like I knew him. But it's weird, like I, I've been reading some like the feeds and stuff and like, I'm not the only asshole that feels that way, so. No, yeah. th- actually I've been really surprised about the reaction to his loss because like, you know, Lemmy just died and uh, Scott Weiland just died, but like there hasn't been the outpouring yeah, but I feel like a lot more females were into David Bowie than they were necessarily like Lemmy or Scott Weiland. So I don't yeah. know if that has it. Like, it seems I, like they, it helped someone through some sort of time or something. It or? Did, it, it, well, if you know, the thing is, it's just like, it, you know, his artistry, his artistry of things, too, you know, and what he did. You know, and not even just in the music, but in art form and politically, you know. You know, he was talking about, uh, he came out on MTV, what, back in 1983, and he asked him why they didn't play black videos. And there's an old clip of it, too, that's been posted all over the place. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then, you know, even with, like, you know, saying that he was bisexual when it was, like, such at a time when it wasn't acceptable to even be that or come out or play with it, you know, that's, that's something to think about. You know, androgyny, you know, that's an art form. You know, you know, I, um, you know, a lot of my boyfriends used to wear eyeliner. So, <laughs> there you, go. you know, there I go, you know, so it feels like during that time period, though, there was more of like a like pre-internet. There was more of like a mythology built around stuff because it was like there was no like endless database of information right, that you could just, right. you know, punch in and stuff. So it's like someone would tell you like, oh, man, yeah, did you hear fucking. David Bowie and Trent Reznor <laughs> hooking up, or like you'd hear all kinds of weird shit like that, yeah. and that's just like all just gone. Yeah, it's it's like uh, it's like playing telephone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, I, in some way, I think that's like how like legends and like urban legend kind of people right. came up. I don't think I think those are kind of over. I don't think you're gonna have that. Anymore. No, I think Bill Murray's you, the last dude, one. Dude, and you're just talking well, about Lemmy. Could show up at the bar at anywhere. Yeah, and you were talking about Lemmy. Up. He used to always hang out at the Rainbow Club in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, you could just go there and you'll run into him. Yeah, you know? but it's the, like you don't. There's no. Everyone now is a brand. Yeah. Oh, yes. This is yes. Brand. What's your go. logo for your brand? <laughs> it's not about the music. It's about yeah. How many yeah. cokes can you sell? And not even music. It's just it's all all artists now. Everyone's. And the funny thing about that is David Bowie hated that period of his life when he was doing that. You know, you know when he was you know when he sold out. He says he hated that period. He's just like soundtrack okay. for Pretty Woman in 1990. Is that what we're talking about? No, no, he didn't <laughs> do that. <laughs> no, he was. He was on it. Bang. That's, that song was on the. Was that on the Pretty Woman? It was Woman on song? the Pretty Woman soundtrack. I had it. Oh, on the tape. remake. Oh, the remake. The the, 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 the 1991. Yeah, yeah you're right. With, with, That's right. I forgot about Julia that Julia Roberts. With Julia Roberts, oh, yeah. That movie's stupid. I fucking it's, hate it, that movie. Yeah, well, the myths that we perpetuate. Oh, but anyway. Um, yeah, you know, David Bowie. Yeah. And, I, you know, during the time, like, with, like, uh, Let's Dance and all that, oh, uh-huh. you know, when he was always, like, always on MTV and trying to sell stuff. And, you know, he said he hated that period. You know, he wasn't creative. Uh, you know, manufacturing. Right. He wasn't creative, so he stopped doing it. 
but you see I mean, so the many opportunity the... to have money would be so but, but once you have but, that money then you're not worried about it anymore then you almost you know, but the thing is like in order to do it you have to tap dance and shuffle and act like a fool and yeah. sell your soul to somebody play the clown yeah <laughs> dance monkey you know dance magic dance <laughs> <laughs> you move, magic move <laughs> <laughs> I, like the, I can't do the I can't do the rap part. It's a double with the baby, but the book. <laughs> sounds pretty accurate. Yes, <laughs> MC Pam. <laughs> that was a good song. But I mean, yeah, you were talking about how everything is a brand, and it's just like, and even the brand isn't even an art form. It's just like you don't even try. Yeah. It's just boring. It's excuses to get untalented people involved with talented people. I'll run your social networks and your Twitter feeds. <laughs> I'll just put out your stuff for you. Exactly. Well, if you do have somebody working like eight hours a day to try to promote you, things, something has to happen somewhere, doesn't it? I mean, it's it's the classic thing of, you know, if you slap the Tide logo in front of enough people's faces so many times, they're going to just be programmed to buy Tide. Mm -hmm. I think that's information that we got from the Nazis with their, like, propaganda <laughs> and shit. That's what, that's what I think of all of our marketing. All of our marketing is from uh, Hitler how he was able to brainwash a country and the United States was like dude we're capitalists write this shit down right. <laughs> yeah we're gonna sell fucking teddy bears with this shit yep well uh, I'm just uh, I don't, don't want to get political I just don't want to but uh, I was talking with some comedians and Jonathan the other night and and some of the guys from FTW too Forever Two Wheels Mondays 8 to 10 and we're outside talking about like socialism and why it doesn't work and blah, blah, blah. and I said the problem is that we in our country or in our society we don't value work equally and I think that work whether it's digging a ditch or building something or taking care of someone or taking care of a baby or writing a story or whatever okay all of that is work and all of that work should be equally valued across the board and and then the and Ian Levy was like well, let me play devil's advocate. Uh, what's the incentive for people to want to be doctors and all that stuff? And I'm like, well, if all the education's free and you can do whatever you want and all of your work is valued the same, then you can do whatever you want to do. You just have to work at something. And it'll eventually work out because people will want to be doctors and people will want to be lawyers and all. It's just socialism. You just don't, just all work is valued the same. But people can't do that. They're like, well, the people that make my clothes, the Bangladeshi, there needs to be less. Or, like, we're all people, and everybody can give their skills equally, and I, it bothers me that some people's work, which is harder than ours, is valued, like, so less. Yeah, but then that would get boring. <laughs> you wouldn't have anyone to fight and cuss about. <laughs> well, but wouldn't it be better if instead of spending time fighting and cussing, we all found ways to, like... Built together. If we just sat around and looked at rainbows and petted our dogs and you know fed each other's cats, this we could make this happen. Yeah. No, there's Furry there's people things. genetically that are just cunts, and that's because yes. of those people. And as we get more people on this planet, we get more cunts. All right, our yeah. cunt levels are rising and skyrocketing through the, the stock market's the crashing, the cunt market's rising, <laughs> and we need to. I think we should give everyone a three foot by like inch and a half stick, and if someone fucks with you bad enough, 
and you have the capabilities to hit them with your stick, you should be able to hit them with the stick. <laughs> and, you know, if, they, if they're somewhere else and, you know, they're away from you and they can't interfere, then you can't hit them with your stick. So you can't give them, you know. I'm just saying, if we all just hit each other with sticks, <laughs> I think we could get to the bottom of the cunt market issue. Uh, you know, I, I do kind of agree with you a little bit in that. Take there a swing. Are, well, there have been times where there, I, well, for it to be acceptable for me, and, and metaphorically speaking, to be able to be like, to tell someone when they're being a cunt, to be like, you know, I wouldn't want to use like the literal stick, but if you could like actually be honest with people and they would take it and you would say like, wow, you are really being a cunt right now. <laughs> And they were like, oh, I can take that feedback in some way. Oh, no, that's, that's not going to happen. Change. No one, no one wants no. to hear that they're a cunt <laughs> unless they're at the rock bottom. No one wants to. We're putting feminism back like five to seven years. But we're pushing comedy forward, I feel like, at least six to seven months. Anything, <laughs> anything where it's just about one person or one group getting better shit, I, I feel like you're like, it's like almost like a reverse racism. Like, it's not like these people should get more of this. It's like all people should be at this level. And if they're not at this level, we need to, you know, make sure they get up to that level. Not like, blah, I'm a female, so I'm supreme ruler of the universe because I cut my hair short and I've got a mustache. Like, that's not, I don't enjoy that kind of feminism. I don't support those people. All right, you can blow your ethnic out your assholes. I got nothing on that one. I got nothing. <laughs> See, if we had a stick, maybe we could push the back. <laughs> we could figure it out. Uh, if you guys come down to the studio on 21st and Florida, 2781 21st Street, there's this really kind of cool, weird, new art thing up, and it's all of these labor um, heroes from the world. Uh, some of them I didn't know who they are, but they're all these little explanations, and they're written by... Uh, Bill Morgan, who is the B on Saturdays from 10 to noon, and his show is called Labor and Love, and it's all about like labor issues and communism and stuff. It, dude, it's really sad to come down here and read these things and see the kind of shit that someone had to sacrifice their life in order to achieve. It, it's like and we take it. Harry Harry Bridges was gunned down because he said he should have a 15 minute break. It's like, oh <laughs> yeah, my well. god, man. That yeah. shit was fucking, like, it was borderline slavery, basically. Like, there was not really work. It was just rich people and dumb fucks who put widgets together. And, yeah, yeah. all the child labor laws, all that stuff. Like, Dude, it is really crazy. Little fingers, deft work. And you know what's weird is you would think coming down here and reading this stuff would inspire you because all these people's messages were so admirable and noble, but they all got executed. So yeah. you're just like, oh, we're, we're just an evil set of creatures is what we are <laughs> solar flare let's knock out the electricity and start over well that's i think we thing. take it for granted i really do i think yeah. we really take it for granted and people don't realize like these people you know what they did for us and then you know we're just all on our iphones martin tap, luther king day See, tap, and tap, I, tap. I have a theory on that you know. like when you think in the terms of video games when video games went from like pong to like atari pac-man Right, and like we've known about those, we've played them, and we've seen everything develop. But now th there's kids that come out, and the first video game they play is Call of Duty 8, oh, where they're stabbing Jesus. people in the face, and you know, sh and, but it's like that's their video game. 
and they don't appreciate the other stuff necessarily, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. You brought it back to video games. Dude, it's all about the Mario Bros. But the thing is, I'm balanced because I still appreciate my Atari. Mm, I got Nintendo 64 like a whore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Aww. I almost bought like those like stupid fake uh, Ataris like at Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, where they give you like, a certain amount of games yeah. and like, a joystick? I almost got it, and I'm like, this isn't real. This is fake. Thrift stores. That's exactly. And every time when I go to a thrift store, I, I, I don't ever see one. I used to see them all the time. You got to pounce quickly, man. Yeah. You got to wait for the stars to twinkle, the sun to line up in the right shade, Mars waiting. to be in retrograde, and then, you know, you can stumble across a find. I will one day. I will have my Atari back. I was never, I've never been a video game player. Oh, yeah. I've I, never been. It's just never. Nintendo and Super NES. Oh, man. I remember the Return of the Jedi game for Super NES. I still want to play that game. I might go home and download an emulator <laughs> so I can play that later. I just, I can't even conceptualize because I was never good at them. I just, I don't have hand-eye coordination. No one ever is. No. You must learn. First of all. No, I don't you know, have that kind of time. Come you on, know, Skywalker. Listen, I used so to play Super, things I'd want to do. I used to play Super Mario Brothers for hours, and still to this day, I cannot get the princess, but I still try. Yeah, you still try. I still try. And people make fun of me that the fact that I still can't get to the princess. Princess. Well, you know what? If I, there was a Nintendo in front of me, I would still keep trying, and I would do it for hours. I swear. It's not about getting the princess. It's about <laughs> trying to get the princess. It's still trying, and that's on the first Super Mario, ladies and gentlemen. That's sad. Yeah. I I just had to break it down with my date. I was like, you know, uh, you know, we've been talking for a while, and I just got to know, you know, how do you feel about Nintendo 64? <laughs> you know, spit out your feelings now because they're gonna come to light if you try to hide them. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I just uh, I've never I'm never cared about video games, but I don't despise them. I mean, I've watched a lot of them, but I'll usually just read a book. <laughs> while like if he, he, he wants to play video games, I'll read a book. Yeah, I like to read books. I, I like books, but I I mean I'm an old school gamer. Yeah. I'm old school. I stop. Give me I'm cartridges sorry. or give me death. Exactly. I'm I'm one of those. So and I lost everything after 1997. So that's yeah. I just never experienced any modicum of success playing the games, and so I think I gave up so quickly because I just... Determination. Dude, interactive story, man. You got to earn your story. You got to get all the flowers. You got to get the sunshine rays and the fucking blue flute. And Otherwise, the- you don't find out what happens to Jerry. <laughs> it's like you're... I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, see, that's like me and Pete, we play video games, but I'm the kind of person where I play video games, I immediately set it on the hardest difficulty setting possible, and then, like, let's let's fucking play, son. Let's get some skill going, where he's, like, you know, he's putting in God mode codes and shit, and he's cheating and stuff. (laughs) I can't play with you, bro. I can't play. He's talking about, like, some of the uh, secret moves and shit, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The hitting, the hitting shit that nobody else knows. You got to push it real good. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> what you got to do is you got to get yourself some boot tentacles. <laughs> yeah, get yourself a Nintendo 64. No Nintendo. And a bottle of water because you're not drinking. And then you got to get in there and you got to hammer out Legend of Zelda. They just had a thing. A, legend, oh, I a love blind guy beat Zelda for Nintendo 64. No way. It took him five years, but he beat it just based off of audio cues of like, 
the guys like as they run along, and then you know the monster making a noise. That's, That's insane. Insane. And I guess he live broadcasted himself trying this. So it's so weird to see someone playing a video game, and they're not facing the screen. Like it's like his left ear is like lining up to the screen, and he's just working the controller, listening. Oh, damn. It's fucking trippy, man. With that. Uh, this has been the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. Took us in a weird direction at the end there with the... Uh, video games. Uh, with the video games. If you're not Alta, like... you're not trying hard enough. If you're not Alta, you're... Uh, I'm definitely on that. Uh, thank you guys for joining us here on the AltaCast. Um, I'm Pam Benjamin. I've been joined by LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth Win, and Steve Poji. Old dumb face. <laughs> That's my that's my radio name now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dumb face. <laughs> uh, if you want to see us later, we'll be at the SF Eagle doing open mic performance comedy. It'll be hilarious. Uh, otherwise, you can always stop by here on Fridays for Bam Tastic's Comedy Clubhouse, or earlier than that for Happy Hour if you want to get a set in. If you're so inclined to that sort of persuasion. Yeah. Um, other and I'll than be that, here in February. Or I'll, I'll you're be at the here in like February. all the time. There's, <laughs> I mean, there's. Just look on Facebook. Please just come here on Fridays and Saturdays. I like now I feel like I'm begging them. It's a party. It's a party. It's, it's a party. there's great comedians. Okay, bye. <laughs>
It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts, you won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart. Oh, podcast god, I can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool at mutinyradio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need and live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to subliminalsf.com now. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, 
there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world, with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio, when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment, wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. Did you know that compact fluorescent light bulbs use 60% less energy than regular light bulbs? And that each one saves about 300 pounds of carbon dioxide a year? If all Americans switched to CFLs, we would save more than 90 billion pounds of carbon dioxide. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Muni Radio in San Francisco. People from all over the Bay Area come to the Lindsay Wildlife Museum to experience close encounters with live wild animals. The museum's living collection features more than 50 species of non-releasable native California animals. Visitors can see and learn about wildlife such as eagles, owls, bobcats, coyotes, reptiles, and other fascinating creatures. The museum's world-renowned Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital treats more than 5,000 wild animals each year with the goal of returning them to their native habitat. The Lindsay Wildlife Museum is in Walnut Creek. To learn more, visit wildlife-museum.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. 
This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Welcome to the Think Grow Love Radio podcast, where it's all about women coaches, freelancers, and creatives growing their businesses online while balancing their family and personal lifestyle. Hey, everybody. Yehudit Steinberg here, and thank you so much for joining me here today for another episode of Think Grow Love Radio. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming on. We're so happy to have you join us. What we do here. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I- I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. With Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. With Mike Hi, welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, that's L, let's, W, watch, A, uh, F-L, full length, M, movie, O, on, Y-T, YouTube, let's watch a full length movie on YouTube, I forgot the name of the show, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. How are you? Oh, uh, I just feel so L-S-M-O-W-M-O-Y-T. I can't even tell you. Yeah. Still the waffle lock. I was um, reading in the paper this morning that if you, you know, if you planned on uh, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T-ing, today was the day to do it. It's great weather. Great weather for it. Lousy weather here in California. Mm. It's a winter summer. Summer full really? winter, that's all it was. Yeah, whatever. Then it gets nice. Hey, gentlemen, we are going to watch a full length movie. We're going to talk. We're going to have old men talk about the weather for 20 minutes. And then <laughs> we're going to kick into our show. Well, let's watch a full length movie on YouTube where we watch a full length movie on YouTube with you. Uh, let us watch and you listen to the podcast at the same time. 
of the movie. Carl, what is the movie today? Today we were watching Brain Dead, nineteen ninety. Brain Dead. Now you might bump into Brain Dead two thousand seven. That's not for you. Brain Dead nineteen ninety. That's what you put in the search engine of your YouTube search. And we like the channel. T i r n a n o g. Turn an og. Turn an og. And I'm gonna. I'm going to subscribe to this uh, channel as well. She, so we want you to type in Brain Dead. You just, she subscribed. I have no idea. You're, a, you're just a subscriber. I crave content, Carl. Mm. Oh, is that why? <laughs> yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, we want you to type in Brain Dead. It's, 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 it's called Brain Dead 1990 with Bud Quartz. Spoiler. Right. Click the link from uh, Turnanog. But hit pause and move the uh, slider to the left. We want you to get to zero, zero, zero. And at the, when you hear go, go. And we have none other than the Countdown King's proxy himself. Proxy. Itself, Paul Brumba. Paul Brumba usually does our countdown. He is the host of, oh, geez, crime. I'm just going straight to the movie today. Geez. Uh, he's the host of The Edge of Insanity, another podcast. And... Airs streams right before us. Yeah. If you listen to us, which you should, on uniradio.fm. It's an internet radio station, mm -hmm. and our show streams first on uniradio.fm every Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2% 2 Pacific. <laughs> 2 Pacific. And, uh, just a little so touch. You can make an afternoon. Just, just a smidge specific. Mm -hmm. And uh, we want to, you can hang out and make a Sunday out of it, listen to Paul's show, and listen to our show, or just get, subscribe to the podcast, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's also our YouTube channel where we sync the movies. Anyway, let's get back to the Brumbot. All right, so let's get this started. I am, I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumba. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready. Okay, so, let's get ready to Brumba. And now, what you've all been waiting for, master of the descending numerals. The Countdown King himself. Would you please welcome, Mr. Paul Brumba. Alright guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in 3, 2, 1, go. Cool, it's have with Homer Simpson's brain. Oh, this movie's called Brain Dead and there's a brain. Yeah. And there's the title, Brain Dead. But, you know, looking at the scan, the brain was very much alive. Yeah. Maybe that guy's name was Brian. Brian Dead. <laughs> Brian. Wow, what a lineup. <laughs> Brian Dead. Richard Pryor. <laughs> Richard Pryor. Well, oh, and George Kennedy. Right. Could, couldn't the producers, couldn't Corbin afford a font? <laughs> that font come in the uh, demo? <laughs> I've never seen a movie where I want to commit suicide just reading the font. Art House book by Peter Francis Rudder. Ooh! That's a CT scan, right? Did I get it right? Uh, I don't your know. Head? Probably. Whoa, move over, lawnmower man. Special effects has a new home. <laughs> nice. By Julie Corman. So, 
We love watching Roger Corman movies, and this is produced by his wife, right? Or yeah, Julie Corman. Um, and Julie is Corman was uh, daughter wife. It's it's a wife, and she had like um, uh, two hundred films uh, on her shelf, and she's like, I'm sick of looking at these, and so she had a million people read them. Find me a good one. And the one they picked sat on the shelf for 23 years. Really? This yeah. movie took like, yikes. There's a face. Oh, he's playing with brains? Yes, he is playing, and he's about to get caught by his boss. Ooh, did you hate that? Yes. So this movie, came, they wrote this in 1977? Uh, let me look exactly... Because I'm just saying it's 1990, and it took 20, originally originated 23 years prior. There's a guy named Charles Beaumont, and he wrote a script, uh, this script, in the... Uh, I'm not clear on... Okay, filmed 23 years after his death. Uh, he was a regular writer on the original Twilight Zone, and that's really his claim to fame, Charles Beaumont. And he did a lot of scripts gotcha. for Roger Corman, Edgar Allan Poe's uh, Poe films, etc. He wrote more episodes yeah. than Rod than anyone but Rod Serling himself. So, oh, in the Twilight Zone, huh? Wow. Right. So, so like when someone, so it, yeah. Yeah, she found this script, or one of her people did, and Adam Simon, uh, who is another writer, said, I could make this modern, and he, like, brushed it up, and it became this movie. Wow. You could tell Beaumont's scripts for The Twilight Zone, that they're, they differ from Sterling, because uh, it's never a uh, metaphor for the House of Un-American activities. <laughs> right? Like... You see a pattern there. This is your future. This he wrote the same episode Union. times. <laughs> I know. And then, you ever watch Night Gallery with, with Rod Sterling? No. Ah, uh, sad. It's cool. It's cool because it exists, but it's also just kind of... He hosts a show in color, and it's, it, it lasted a few seasons, but that was fun. Now, this script was so old, uh, it was on something, they, a paper, a paper, it's called Onion Skin. And they had a lot of trouble photocopying it because it was pre-Xerox photocopy. Um, now, Corman swears they really stuck to the original script, even though it was punched up. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do they say? Like, let's add a computer to the lab. <laughs> yeah. We're done. <laughs> we did it. I mean, there were still brains of jars 25 years ago. God, look how young Pullman looks. Yeah. Now, this is like Dr. Rex Pullman. Martin, and you're right, it's Bill Pullman, and he is a specialist with brains and trying to figure out how to, you know, from where uh, uh, problems are in the brain, how you can fix them, you know, abnormalities. And he specializes in paranoia, and he... Uh, He's pretty much figured out a way to, like, cure paranoia. But it's all experimental. It's all in the lab. It's all with, uh, you know, dead brains. Well, Carl, why did you bring up paranoia? 
Because of me, right? Yeah, I knew it. You knew it. So obvious. You know, that last scene is the man with two brains. You could edit that joke in during it. I Look at that picture. Is that Picasso? No, it's a 1800s lithograph. It's not Picasso at all. Uh, and I don't know why it's He's special. Like, to... Oh, double billing. Double hey. billing. Double billing. I can't tell them apart. Who's that? Is that Politicus? Yeah. It's now Bill this Paxton. Is Jim Reston. I mean, it's Bill Paxton, but his name's Jim Rexton, and he is a head of R&D at the Ulysses Corporation. Uh-huh. He is young and oily. Yeah. I've never seen that Paxton so oily before. He is young and oily, and he's slimy. He always plays a slimy guy. He always plays a slimy guy. Right. He tries to talk well, you know about how, uh, things and bullies. We, we should mention up front that one of the reasons why we're, we're watching this movie for two reasons. Three reasons. It's a Corman picture. Yeah. Uh, but it also has Bud Court in it, and we love Bud Court. Mm-hmm. And a character actor who looks like Bud Court, but he's not Bud Court. Not Bud Court is not in this movie, but Bud Court is. And that Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman are in the same movie, which is a rarity. These two guys, uh, Bill Paxton passed away recently, but yes. these two guys were always known, would always get confused by uh, movie goers. It was kind of this long-going joke. Yeah. Do you ever see the Simpsons episode where Homer gets smart and he's watching a, a comedy and, and he's wondering why all these dumb people are laughing at this stupid movie? Uh-huh. And they walk out, and the doctor says, yeah, Bill Pullman was hilarious. And Smart Homer says, that was Bill Paxton, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so only by quick genius Homer could tell them apart. That was... Here they are, together at last. But I never think yeah. of them. They don't really look similar. They don't really act similar. Let me play a little. Okay. He's talking him into something. You see, he, okay, he, there was a scientist named Halsey, and he was working on something very important. And it was probably a weapon of mass destruction, but he went cuckoo, okay? So, okay. What what Paxton wants him to do is operate on his paranoid brain, trying to get Ooh. numbers of his formula out or make him brain. Ooh. Let's listen. It's just simple. What's the catch? No catch. Yet. That's, 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 no catch yet. What? It's kind of like Dreamscape where they go in the president's brain. You still there, Carl? Yeah, I'm still here. He's trying to talk him into it. Right on. Now, look, this is Biodome. This is Biodome. What? Yup. This is Biodome? This is the location. Biodome was shot like maybe six years. Biodome was what, 95? This is 90? 96, I guess. No, but a lot of places have used this location. Um, 
when we were watching the trailer, you might have heard me blurt out yeah. Biodome. And that's because I just got the vibe. The front door exterior, the front door interior, it's definitely Biodome. So Wow, this is movie history. This is the water reclamation plant uh, in Van, Ness, uh, Van Nuys, uh, California, Los Angeles. Yeah. And they shot Biodome here in 1996, but also um, Twins in 88, uh, Knight Rider, two episodes, Star Trek was filmed nice. here, a lot of them, Next Generation, not the original. In Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, Bill and Ted's Bogus Ad Journey, and Twins. Oh, I, okay, yeah, I've seen all those movies. You, not, not all the Star Treks, but... Now he's meeting Hulk, huh. Bud Court, and he's a funny character. Bud Court. Yeah. He's doing the word search, but it's with numbers, man. Well, that's the thing. He's claiming that he's not a... Um, He's claiming that he is a uh, accountant. He's not a mathematician. Ah, because he's wow, look at him. He goes straight to the point. Yeah. Oh, of the the pencils. What's the point of those pencils? Well, it's on the top. Yeah. By the way, Danny Goldman. Danny Goldman is not Bud Court. And ladies and gentlemen of the audience, if you ever ah. life see Bud Court. Run up to him and go, Danny? Danny Goldman? <laughs> You're going to do that too, man. Don't do that. One day. One day. I should really just prank That club looks pretty good. <laughs> you should, you should. I, I don't remember. Look at that. They're carrying people behind them. Yeah. It's like a circus back there. <laughs> they're, they're making jokes. Like you, you're you watching uh, Bud Court, and then all of a sudden some guy goes, go zoom past. Next scene, you see <laughs> them carrying them back, and then zoom past again. I love it. Keep, keep it busy. I love to look for the word search on the walls for the for the crew. Like during downtime, you can look for strawberry and look for that's how he just looks for the word berry and then he just does puzzle. Oh, he just word searches. Right. It's good. That's good. It keeps you sharp. I should do that during quarantine. Just put a bunch of puzzles on the wall and just do word searches that way. Sure. And leave them on the wall yeah. so you get a little exercise. Oh, yeah. I have to, like, oh, I want to do a word search. I have to get up, walk to the wall. Now, watch Bud Court's great acting here. He's supposed to right. act like he's a nutbag, and he does it great. He really does. Look at him. <laughs> he's just, yeah. And roll him. Look at his twitchy. Okay, so you're getting... Yeah. Okay, now the, the internet thinks it's real important for you to know that this is an IBM computer, and yet they're showing Commodore graphics. Makes no sense. Yeah, where did Julie uh, Corman get the money for Commodore graphics? Right. 
Well, which comment is it? Like 20? Uh, which oh, comment? It's buried in my research. Well, there's the Commodore 64. No. And then there's the VIC-20. No, no, there was another, didn't Commodore have like a uh, even dumber computer? Yeah, here it is. It's yeah. a Commodore yeah. Amig, Amiga, Amiga. Yeah. Commodore Amiga. Amiga. Oh, yeah. Do we care? Yeah, there's, well, that's a cult computer, so I'm sure those uh, Amiga fans were like, what? Yeah. If that's not an RX Spectrum, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Can you see them calling up uh, to complain, the like calling the director? Bring hello. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hello. Okay. <laughs> you want to explain to me, <laughs> right? You better sit down. <laughs> oh, here's what an awful headshot. Hold on. That's all I can tell you. He's We need those numbers. We need those numbers. Watch this. No one else will ever get them. All right. Watch him. Brain dead? Come on, pal. Come on, brother Bill P. You know they're not in the same shot together? Oh, here we go. Take it back. You think it really is the same guy? They're never in the same shot. <laughs> That's just Bill Pullman in his shadow, Bill Paxton. This was Adam Simon's has more film he directed. But right. he went on to do Carnosaur, as you know. Carnosaur, yes. And he did... And probably Carnosaur 2. <laughs> right. He did not... Uh, Body Chemistry, American Nightmare, which is a documentary about uh, horror films. I don't know. The thing is, he's huh. a bit of a joke in the industry because there was that movie called The Player. Yeah, right, with Robert Altman's movie. And uh, what's his name, the guy who married Susan Sarandon? Uh, the, our hero of that They movie. never married. Okay. Ten, yeah, but correct yourself. Correct yourself. They never married Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. So in the player, Tim Robbins is shooting, and he's got a line. He goes, who the hell let Adam Simon on the set? And I'm sure oh. in Hollywood, they oh. roared laughing. Wait a minute. So director Robert Allward takes a piss take on another director yes. in his movie? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. Classy. <laughs> well, from what I understand about Robert Altman, that would make sense. Well, this guy's more of a writer than a director, you know? I mean, he really directed two films yeah. and then a documentary, but he wrote like hell. Well, maybe that's the way we make a joke, like the writer's on the set. Okay, you see this homeless guy, he's like, that's my brain! And Bill Paul Yeah, he's a brain sensor. You have your own brain, this is my brain. Of course. Huh? It's an invasion. Oh no! Hit on the brain. head. No. Wait a minute. Look at this guy's to... face. To sleep, a chance to dream. That's Shakespeare, my friend. James Rafferty. <laughs> Perchance to dream.
Uh, it's all covered in brain water. Why I, I have questions, Carl. Yes. I'm raising my hand. I got a yes. question. I have answers. Uh, yeah. All right, Carl. Why did he carry the brain in a jar outside to the parking lot? I don't know. Uh, I'll take my answer offline. He at home or something. It's not clear why he was doing that. Now, do you remember Eunice Corn Company had infinity as their symbol? And look at the eight on his door. Yeah. This is the second time he made a joke. He's going to spin it. Yeah, and obviously the director did that to say infinity. Meaning what? This film's going to go on? <laughs> right. No, it's just the Eunice Corporation. Okay, surprise, you've been defunded. My grant's been doubled. You're going to have to clear all your stuff out of here. Ooh, big switcheroo right up front. Right, it's heat on our hero. Now, he thinks of all of his brains, not as friends, but as individuals. And we saw that in the beginning, and he gets upset. And I'll play that part because he makes it a big deal. People who have been on a journey, who you know, know the journey they're on now? Well, I, I like to eat the brains because, as you know, it's good brain food. Oh, brains are yeah. good brain food. Uh, whenever I hike, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you, you big, you big satchel of uh, grapes. Well, you you have dyed, uh, dried brains, and you put them in like a gorp. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> a gorp. <laughs> a gorp, uh, the bee silent gorp. Listen, watch he gets a granola. Yeah. Hey, man. Get out of here. Yeah. Hands off my brains. Individuals. Yeah. They're not just silly brains in a jar. What kind of balls does a corporation have where they have a whole fucking bookcase of other people's brains? It's for research. Listen, this isn't a corporation. I know you're... This is, this is not a corporation. Oh, Look at this. Oh, individuals! Individuals! Uh -huh. Hey, where's the assistant when these brains fall? He disappeared. Oh, it was just a bad dream. Nope, I'm covered in brain and broken glass. Big deal, he broke a brain jar just an half hour ago. Yeah, I'm pulling you up on brain charges. I'm writing you up on... Now, you see how he was in the middle of something Great charges. up? That will happen throughout the entire film. Yeah, but it wasn't a dream. It actually happened. I don't know. See, that's the thing. He even talks about his accident. Right. Uh, what happened? Uh, continuity. I can't, he talks about his accident legs, and he uh, goes, or was that also my dream? You know, he's all confused. Yeah. Check out the continuity of her night of her, uh, yeah, negligee. You can see like full leg, and then you don't see leg. Very good call, Mike. I, guess, uh, I, I don't know why I was looking there, but I guess uh, it paid off. She's, not, <laughs> she's got her legs covered. Okay, so she's covered leg. Maybe when her feet are extended, it's up, 
Uncovered leg. Mike, you're so yeah. right. I know. I'm a genius. I like, you know, my secret is I like looking at women. <laughs> it's no secret. Although, too, probably kick my ass. So now he's talking about Halsey. How he murdered. He's a murderer, but he's a great guy. Biodome. Biodome. What a wow, good job Cart does in this film. He's really acting. Cool. Is this your favorite Bud Court movie? Uh, no, I think that Swap Meet is my favorite Bud Court meet movie. Oh, I like Electric Dreams. Oh, with Danny Goldman? Yeah, with Danny Goldman. That's right. He played Miles. I loved Bud Court in Blob in the Blob. Is, is it, that really Bud Court? Is that No, it wasn't. Is it Blob 2? Beware the Blob? Beware the Blob. That's it. That's it. With uh, with I Dream a Genie. With J.R. Ewing. Yeah, Larry Hangman. Oh, is he pointing out the Mae West and the Camel Pack? Yeah. He, lots of subliminal images. They used the logo of the Camel, but they actually whited out the, the name Camel from that pack. It there is a subliminal. If you look at the hump, you can see Mae West holding her arm uh, on her uh, hip. I've I've seen in my life all of the there are sexual positions in it. There really are. It's not a the reason they got caught is it's so obvious. Sexual position like what the missionary position? I don't yeah, think missionary it's a position. Hump. I get it, Carl. And there's also <laughs> a guy who talks to me from the mission district is upset about missionary position. So they talk. They also there's this guy standing with his arms and he's peeing. I'll sh I'll show you someday when that's, we're in the same room. Yeah, no, that's not a guy. That's Mae West in a suggestive pose. It's not a guy peeing. Maybe she's peeing. Well, does Mae West have her arm on her hips and an elbow sticking out? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and a okay. dick out. Yeah. I always heard it was Mae West. I didn't hear it was a guy peeing. Well, think about it. They want to give you the subliminal message that cigarettes make you a man. I don't know that Mae West does, right. but I think a guy proudly standing there just with his dick out pissing away, that's kind of man thing to do. <laughs> it's time to take a break. Whip it out. <laughs> take a leak. <clears throat> you deserve a piss today. This is all biodome? This uh, yeah, this is all biodome. Well, the thing is, okay, no, I shouldn't talk shit. Uh, the Insane Asylum, for sure, is Biodome. Is Eunice Corporation Biodome? I'm not sure. It looks like some kind of corporate campus, you know what yeah. I mean? Like the ones where uh, they have their own... Hey, guys play volleyball all the time. <laughs> you enjoy working here. And you just like, oh, so we got a crunch. You got to stay for overtime. Right. I want to go to the volleyball I'll come back in 30 minutes. <laughs> Ooh, Star Trek doors. Yeah, this is a famous, uh, a famous footage of like that people consider gruesome, and it is. He like shocks them. But this is all recreated. No, it's yeah. real. 
It's that doctor's not even paying attention. Look, he sticks it in his. Maybe you're right. It's recreation, but you see how he taps. He does that to like. Yeah, it's gross. Like bruise a part of the brain. Gross. Is this movie gross? Not terribly. You will see people's brains exposed with their skull caps open. No, I mean, is it gross? George Kennedy. Yeah. yeah, George Kennedy. Yeah, we we've seen George in uh, at least Airplane seventy nine, the Concorde. Yeah, Concorde. Concorde. So Air Airport seventy nine. Now there is a hidden gem here, a guy who's about to hit but doesn't uh, yet. His name is Willie Garson, and he goes on to appear in over seventy five films. That this is like his first bloody film. He, wow. This is 1989. Uh, no, in 1989, he did Troop Beverly Hill. So, and he was in. He was in Ford Fairlane. So maybe this is like his third. Yeah, I read about. I learned about him in uh, history in film class. No, we covered Ford Fairlane and uh, Troop Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh yeah, Willie Garson. Is he the test patient? Here he is, that guy. Recognize his face? Oh, yeah. So, well, I mean, like, everyone is so young in this movie. Yeah. But the thing is, he's a hidden gem because he was nobody here, and he would go on to be in Groundhog Day and Ruby and Mars Attacks and being John Malkovich and blah, 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 blah. The Rock! Freaky Friday! I mean... Wow. But we caught him... Well, even George Kennedy looks young. As a virgin. We caught him at, yeah, when he was cheap. Yeah, that's right. When he you was... know, I went to the Corman. I went to the Corman factory. I didn't get to go to no art film school. Right, <laughs> like you snob. Yeah. Hey, uh, are they going to cut open his brain while corporate watches? How yeah. Paul Verhoeven? Yeah, Bud Court once again. He kills it. He really acts this shit. So Him, gross. Yeah. Can't believe a man has to wear that on his head. Worse. You see the continuity discolor. Look at how Bud does that. They put it in, and he tweet. He exactly. <laughs> I'll get some credit to Bill Pullman. It's not easy touching another man's brain like that. Well, he was. He's using a prod. Oh, well, all right. If I would be Bud, I'd be like, mm, "You lose." Now look, is this a Manchurian Senate. Candidate reference? Ooh, old ladies. Yeah. It's play a game of solitaire. Oh, I'm so sorry. Is he dreaming this? I guess so. Well, he's like hallucinating it. Oh, I'm so sorry. They're messing with his brain right now. It's exposed to the open air and they're poking it. I know, it does not sanitary at all. You'd figure you'd wear a mask, you know, if he's going to stand up above someone's brain like that. Uh, 1990s, pre-COVID? No, I mean, listen, out of respect, when you're playing with a man's brain, nowadays you should wear a mask. Yes, yeah. because of COVID. You don't want to sneeze in the guy's brain and get right, him, you know, sneeze. But, <laughs> but, and it's been, even before times when we pick people's brains apart, we would uh, wear a mask or like scrubs or gloves or I don't know. Absolutely. Maybe this is a movie. I don't know. 
<laughs> oh, but we're not watching Discovery Channel. Doctor fucking gross stuff. Today on Doctor fucking gross stuff. Something <laughs> fucking gross happens and you get to watch the surgery. Oh man, that's a great pick. We talked to the pace. We talked to the patients and the doctor. Well, I told the doctor and the doctor said, man, that is just fucking gross. It was very fucking gross. <laughs> Roll him. Roll him. George Kennedy. That has been another discovery ID. George Kennedy doesn't really do so great in this film, you know? Uh, his part is very boring. We know that he can do gold. Uh, right. Now, look, that's Conklin. Well, we know he's a... Ooh. Now, Hall... Wow, the walls are clean now. Halsey in the seat sees Conklin, the bloody murderer, who killed his family, he believes. But Pullman doesn't see that at all, right? Yeah. Pullman didn't see I'm it. I'm thinking about his next paycheck. Now here they fix. That's fucking gross, Carl. They're gonna fix him now. If the grossness is worth it. Ugh. Listen, when you eat it, ask for sweet bread. Don't say brains. It's tacky. Right. It's embarrassing if you say brains. Ask for sweet bread. They'll know what you're talking about. Yeah. And they could tell, like, if you're a zombie or not by by your request. If you say brains, you're zombies. If you yeah, say sweet bread. I'm sorry, sir. I have to take your temperature. You are a zombie. <laughs> yeah, because I asked for braids. <laughs> yes, sir. So I actually did that like an idiot. It was 1988. I was in an expensive restaurant with my girlfriend and her rich dad, uh, who is a CEO of a company, Felix Lilienthal, I think. Anyway, wow. uh, I was ordering and I asked for sweet bread because I thought it was sweet yeah, bread. Yeah, thought it was a nice appetizer. Yeah. And my, the, the, when the waiter went away, she's gawking at me, gawking at me, gawking at me. And she's like, do you know what you ordered? I was like, well, I got the plum filet and the sweetbread. <laughs> so they yeah. got the sweetbread and it's, it's lettuce, right? There's a bed of lettuce. And on it is a, what looks like a sound wave of, of gray matter, uh, really thin. What you know, like a frequency wave of what looks like tuna fish, super thin and and watery. It was a paste. I didn't know what I was doing, so I'm nom 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 nom. Oh, pretty good, the sweet bread. Oh my god! I thought it was going to be bread. Isn't that funny? Nom nom nom. So, so I have eaten cow brain. Did they tell you after you finished? Yes, she or did. Before, or before after she looked over there. This is important now. Now, Rex looks over. Rex isn't Halsley or anything. He, he sees murdering Conklin. Simply by sticking a metal prod inside someone's brain, he right. shares the same hallucination. Yeah, the, like, thought left oh. into his brain. Let, let that be a lesson to you. Yeah, don't prod. You know, Carl, when I, around, around 89, I was in working at the Claremont and yeah. Friar Tuck, two banquet halls for weddings. Yes. And one of the things I would do, especially at Jewish weddings, is that during the cocktail hour, you'd be in a tuxedo and you'd be at a serving station. And I served brains. I served sweetbread. Wow. How did you prepare it? it? Was, was it like I metal... described? 
Yeah, it was like a very kind of thick of like sweet and sour sauce. It was in kind of a sweet sauce. Yeah. And it was a chafing dish with the sternum, keeping the brains warm. Right. And I would serve, and I had a tuxedo and gloves, and I went through a lot of gloves serving brains, trust me. Because <laughs> uh, when the moment it touched it, I was like, yeah. But I would do it the, the, the French spoon style where you have two uh -huh. spoons in one hand and you can clamp, you know, Yes. You clamp a piece of brain and you put it on a plate and you would offer it to the Jewish relatives at a Jewish wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been more grossed out. <laughs> so he switched uh, wallets with Halsey. And so he's got oh. no, he can't get out of his own facility. Yeah, the security system's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Paxton, you're unauthorized to leave. The yeah, you I'm can't still leave. Coming. <laughs> Ooh, he dropped all his cougarons. 